Well, tonight we're gonna have a pizza party. Pizza party, 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 pizza party. Hello! Hi! Welcome to another very special episode of Gimme Pizza, a Mary Kay and Ashley podcast. We have a very special guest today, Curtis Anderson. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's very nice to see you guys. Very nice to meet you. Thank you for having me on. Yes. Yeah. We're so excited. Some of our listeners, probably most of our listeners, would recognize you from Winning London. Yes. Goofy Delegate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The best name in the entire film, clearly. Yeah. And uh, oddly enough, one of the... I, you know, I was a series regular on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. I, yeah. I, got, I got passed around 90s television like a joint yeah. college. Um, but... Uh, but Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's Winning London is still one of the biggest things that people recognize. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Cool. I was in a coffee shop in Utah in, like, 2007, and uh, and we were just getting coffee, you know, like you do, and uh, got up in line, and the barista looked up, his (laughs) eyes got really wide, and his jaw dropped, and he was like, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's Winning London. (laughs) I came around, and my wife had to take a picture of us. It was, it oh was, it, it's just, it's amazing how how deep this permeates uh-huh. into the uh, the cultural fiber. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. yeah. No, totally. Millennials never forget. No, no we never forget no, a phase. Right? Yeah. We never forget a phase. It works out very well for me. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, because I mean, I was just, I'm a actor in Portland. Excellent. And not like a really big working actor, but you know, I come, I go to Portland State for a theater. So try to get around on the Facebooks. And I was just, my friend had posted a thing in the Portland Facebook group. And then I just like scrolled down and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I was like, I'm pretty sure that that was the goofy delegate in winning London. (laughs) And then I had a mini meltdown and was like, I have to ask him to be on the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was pretty great. Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. I was, yeah, that was like so serendipitous, just hilarious. Well, when you told me you were like, Somebody from Winning London is on Facebook. I'm going to message him. And I was like, I totally bet she's talking about Gordy from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. 100% has to be him. (laughs) I mean, yeah. It was very, like, so small world. And we had actually just done a Winning London episode. Yeah. Or we were about to. Like, that day I was telling I was going to say, when I did my research to make sure I wasn't being brought into a murder trap, <laughs> yeah. um, I was checking to see if they talked about this yet, and I didn't see anything yet. Yeah. So, yeah. And we yeah. had just, it was actually, like, the week that I, the, like, day that I messaged you, we had just, like, recorded an episode about Winning London. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. really funny. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, here's some supplemental material yeah. yes. that you can add. Uh, yeah. A necessary part two. Exactly. So how did you, like, get to be on, just for starter, to be on Winning One? And what was, like, the journey to getting on such a remarkable... <laughs> Iconic. <movie>. Iconic. <laughs> Early two thousands film. Uh, you know, if the the roundabout way that this happened was was standard in 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 one aspect, and and then um, kind of surprising in another. We'll we'll get into it. Um, so at the time, it was the uh, late nineties, early two thousands, and uh, at the time, uh, you know, I was doing other television. If you see it on the IMDb, you know, you mm-hmm. know what was yeah, going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, my agent at the time 
it was a normal audition. This mm-hmm. this is an audition for the new Mary Kate and Ashley movie, and they would like to have you in and, and go do it. And so it was a really standard audition in that, you know, there was a time, here's a, a sample script, and go in, do your thing. Mm-hmm. But um, but when I went, there were only like two of us reading for the Goofy Delegate. Oh. So, um, so it was me and another guy that I knew, and, uh, and he was like, do you know anything about this? And I said, I know as much as you do. Yeah. Uh, I've got the same script you do. And and and, uh, and went in and read directly for the director, which usually happens later. Yeah. Usually you do that in like a callback or something. Uh-huh. And, um, and the director and I had a really good time in the room. Um, but then I didn't hear anything for a while. So I just kind of thought, oh, all right, nothing yeah. happened. No biggie. Yeah. And then months later, we get the call. And, uh, and they were like, could you... Do an accent on the phone, and I was like, <laughs> I, was well, I can do a lot of accents. Accent. We, can, we can do a variety of accents. Um, and they were like, "Well, do your weirdest one." And so I pulled out kind of a Swedish, more like Swedish chef than uh-huh. genuine Swedish. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, "That's great. Now make it unrecognizable from any country." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> I can, I'm an actor. I can act like I've never been to a country before. <laughs> and, um, and that, uh, they didn't have me do it on the phone then. I just had to do it on set eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, so after that phone call, it was a done deal. Worked like uh, a week or so later. And, um, and the accent that you hear in the film is my best attempt to not like I not sound like I come from anywhere uh-huh. in particular. That's hilarious. You did yeah. a great job. I well, know. Banging, right? <laughs> well, it's kind of it's kind of the running gag with people. They're like, "Oh, your accent was terrible." I'm like, "Oh, but was it?" <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Do you know where I came from? They're like, "No, that's the thing." I'm like, "Exactly. Uh-huh. That is the thing." That was the point. <laughs> to doubt. That just kind of re affirms my theory that Mary Kay and Ashley films are actually, like, really artsy, like, art house films. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just, like, right. there's actually a lot of thought that goes into, like, how bizarre they are. Uh-huh. I think yeah. there's a shocking amount of truth to that. Now, yeah. I only did the one, but it's right, not right. like I'm not familiar with the other ones. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and yeah, they, they knew exactly the audience they were going for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They knew exactly what they needed to appeal to that. And they also knew that they didn't want to, they didn't want to make fun of anybody. Yeah. So as much as, you know, having an accent that doesn't sound like it's coming from anywhere is silly, um, it's also, there's, there's, there's like some genuine care put into yeah. that because they don't want it to be like, we're, this is a silly character. We call him Doofy, Goofy Delegate. Like, there's this isn't Paul, this isn't Steven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's Goofy Delegate, yeah. but we don't want anybody to feel bad. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, there, it, 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 was, it was planned. It wasn't, right. it wasn't just random idiocy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. For your process, did you give yourself a name other than Goofy Delegate? No. No? <laughs> no. Um, it's fair to ask. Yeah. Um, but um, like, this was, what, 20 years ago? Oh my god. So, yeah, yeah, how old were you when you shot that? Uh, early 20s. Yeah. Um, so, they were like yeah, 15. 20, I was like 22. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. And they were still teenagers. Yeah. Um, adults, 100%, but still teenagers. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, listening to uh, Mary Kate talk on set, she knew exactly what she was doing. She was really into the producer side of everything. Cool. And, um, and, and she was smart about it. You know, she wasn't, it wasn't a child pretending to be an adult producer. Mm-hmm. Right. It was a 
a woman who had a young woman who had grown up in the industry her whole life who knew more than she probably should have you know yeah, what i mean like mm-hmm. like just in a, how remarkable it was how much information she had right and um it was really neat to watch. Like, I came away from, you know, you go into a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movie, <laughs> and you're a cynical 22-year-old. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie. But then you you meet them, and you're on set, and it was one of the, I mean, it was a really smooth running set. It wasn't It wasn't a Mickey Mouse show. It was. It was really well put together. It was really well run, and the girls were on it. They weren't there to screw around. They were mm-hmm. they they were not what is typically stereotypically thought of as a a Hollywood child actor. They yeah. were one hundred percent professionals and I mean it's like I was telling you guys before we started, I wish there were like scandal stories <laughs> yeah. to be able to tell, you yeah. know, just to be able to rip <laughs> this open and just the the, uh, the scandal. But yeah. um no, it was it was a really professionally run set. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Much yeah. respect. Yeah, no, totally. Although, <laughs> I will say this, and this this is something if you haven't noticed it yet, and maybe it's brought up in the thing, but just in case, independently brought up, there is a major continuity error in the film. Oh. In the park, next to the Peter Pan statue, yes. there is a conversation between... Uh, Mary Kate, yes, mm-hmm. and and her English boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Where it rains when one of them is talking. Yes. And it's completely dry in the other direction. <laughs> ah. She's holding an umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there ain't no rain. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. also, like, at one point there's a bench, and then there's not a bench mm-hmm. suddenly. Mm-hmm. Well, and we do know, especially from uh, Rome. The, Rome the, the, the one in Rome. Yeah, one in Rome. So much like, crossover montage stuff that, like, oh, yeah. that didn't, didn't happen, happen yet. yet. This is from when... This is from later you know, in the film, yeah. and all of a sudden they're, like, dreaming of something of the future. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Definitely yeah. post-production is kind of like, oh, this is what we got, uh-huh. I think, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will these kids notice? Maybe in 15 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We yeah. Did. Yeah. And we did notice. I believe it. IMDb notices in their continuity <laughs> section. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there was, um, for my entire childhood when I would watch it, I assumed it was entirely shot in England. Yeah, did you mm. get to go to London? Almost all of it was. Yeah, but yeah. was the inside, was like the delegate area? No. That, okay, that was shot like, in the middle of Los Angeles. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what we so, assumed. I didn't really think of that until... Like, recently, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I think this is... <laughs> right? It's actually a very famous building that we shot in. Oh. Like, um, if... Uh, all of the references that I want to make are, like, from the 80s and 90s. But um, <laughs> but for people who are listening to this who are, like, you know, young and current, um, <laughs> it's the same building that the Kendrick Lamar Humble video is shot in okay. that you could like, notice the staircase in the back. Oh. So it's a hotel in downtown L.A., and it's been featured everywhere. Like, its front door is, uh, like, the it's been a newspaper building in, like, every hour drama. Anything that shoots in L.A. Yeah. that needs, like, a nice building uh-huh. eventually shoots at this building. And I right. wish I could remember the name of it. Um, in the comments, if you figure it out, like, pop it in there. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, and and that that stairway, that building, that's that's where all of the 
Model UN in the UK stuff was shot. Oh, cool. that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's a handy bit of trivia. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was a week or two weeks, but we were there for we were there for a while. There was uh-huh. a lot to do. Yeah. There was a lot to do. I really love, because I watched part of it, actually this morning before I came here. Nice. The dancing, your dancing in it is just <laughs> incredible. I just like... There's this club, and then they just pan to you. How was like, how? What was the inspiration for that dance move? Um, if your name is Goofy Delegate, yeah. <laughs> then you you want to make sure that it is an all around Goofy Delegate, mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to just Goofy sounding Delegate. Yeah. Uh, the the dance scene actually ended up being um, uh, one of those kind of surprise moments. Um, I was dancing kind of Goofy. Uh-huh. And uh, the director and the girls liked that, and they were like, "More?" And I was like, "Oh, we can do more." <laughs> so, um, so uh, my wife likes to say I'm part Muppet, so I just channeled <laughs> what there was of that and let it all go, and and that's what we got. Yeah. So just yeah. Act big bold choices, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Strong choices. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. And I guess yeah. because you were so you were. A, not so old, but you were older than them. That it probably wasn't like a giddy thing to be able to dance with Ashley Olsen. Um, not <laughs> gonna lie. I mean, well, first of all, twenty-two year old, fifteen year old. So like boundaries. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but uh, Ashley was really cool. Like she was just cool to be around. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was. Uh, uh, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I'd be like, no, totally cynical. Like it was cool. Yeah. It yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because. Um, she let me lift her and spin her, which, you know, oh. is it, at the end, if you watch the very end of that, when, like, we're dancing, her feet aren't touching the ground. So, because she's very tiny, she's yeah, very tiny yeah. in the thing. Um, and, and so, when we were dancing, I just kind of, just kind of swung her around so that it looked more exaggerated than it would otherwise. Yeah, that yeah. Was, it's such a fun scene. I just yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to that club. I know. Right? That... right? Oddly enough, the same room that was the model re- UN with lights and fog. <laughs> no so way. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> the whole thing. The magic of the movies. Magic of movies. Exactly. And I'm sorry that I've ruined it for all of you. No, I... <laughs> for I... crashing dreams. For <laughs> breaking down illusions. Oh, I know. God, movies. What is happening? And we did it without computer. Computer effects. Wow. Right? Oh my right? goodness. What a world. <laughs> that was just a, what a time to be alive. Right? For real. The early aughts. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Was it 2001? Or did you film it in 2000? I want to yeah. say that we filmed it in 29, or 1999. Oh. I want to say that. I don't remember though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember. It's all very long ago. Yeah. yeah. That is a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. 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 And you were in Sabrina prior to winning London. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 96 to 99, the the seasons that we were still on uh, ABC when it was still part of TGIF before yeah. the move. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. tell us a little bit about your experience yes. with that. That's, that's Sabrina is my favorite, like, oh. young teen show. I watch it all the time. <laughs> still, Fantastic. we live together, and Love so it. we'll, like... I'll come home and she's just like been watching <laughs> hours, hours of Sabrina. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Keep on going. Yes. Um, do you do you have the DVDs or do you have do you watch it on uh, on one Hulu? Of those... Okay, yeah. The Hulu one is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, now Amazon technically has the same stream, 
right? Oh, okay. But I swear some of the music is different oh. because the lights. Okay, we're getting deep now. Oh, yeah. We're inside deep baseball. Bed. Let's let's so, just keep on digging. Right there, there was the music licensing that we were allowed to use for the series mm-hmm. when the show originally aired, mm-hmm. and that allowed for some uh, some bigger pop music stuff to be used. Ten thousand maniacs, right? Insane. Right. <laughs> um, and like when. Um, uh, geek like me when Libby goes geek mm-hmm. like originally in the script when Libby makes her first appearance uh, geeked out mm-hmm. um, they wanted to play Lust for Life the Iggy Pop song oh. Lust for Life uh-huh. uh, over that uh-huh. um, they got another song for it for the original run but now the, the guitar riff thing that they play for it uh-huh. totally new just for streaming and DVD oh. because they couldn't get the rights to the other song yeah. and it's been so long I don't even remember what that song was I can only remember what it was supposed to be so um, uh, so yeah like huh. it's it's I feel like the Hulu version of the show uh-huh. has stronger music uh-huh. uh, but the DVD is like the closest to being accurate oh, okay. to what, like, no matter what, it's not the original broadcast. Yeah. If you weren't alive in 1996 Aww. to 1999 or whatever the show continued after I wasn't on it, uh-huh. um, <laughs> then, uh, then you, you missed the, the original, original music. Oh, but dang. I know, you're right? right? I mean, it's not terrible. It's not like you're missing anything major. Yeah. And, and yeah. they got all the major guest star licenses. Mm-hmm. So the Britney Spears songs are still in. Yes. The Phantom Planet songs are still yes. in. Yes. Uh, the the uh, uh, Violent Femmes songs are all still in. Oh yeah! Oh my so, god! Yeah. I love that episode. Oh, that was so a good one. Much. That was a good one to do. <laughs> but that was another weird audition experience. Really? Yeah. Tell us about because, it. Because um, originally it was. I mean, it was before the show was ever on. Um, and uh, I auditioned for the creator Nell Scovel and the executive producer Paula Hart, who is Melissa's mom. Uh huh. Um, directly for just it was a it was a co star just walking on and yeah. I was at uh, Chapman University at the time and I got the call for the audition and I had to skip class and, and at the time I was like I'm in college I should probably really like commit to this college thing <laughs> should I even go to the audition yeah. and now I'm really glad that I did yes. oh yeah uh, yes. but but I was exhausted and I was coming from Orange California which uh, for people that aren't aware it's like 40 miles away from, from Los Angeles, and at the time, they were shooting on the Universal lot, so it's, like, through downtown, oh traffic is terrible, it was going to take me at least two hours to get there, yeah. oh and, God. um, yeah, and, like, <laughs> I appreciate that Portland is experiencing more traffic than they are used to, <laughs> okay. but for a recent transplant from the Southern California area... I still see your roads as just open, and you can shoot a <laughs> cannon down the way and not hit anybody. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it is nothing. It takes the wife and I twenty minutes to get across the bridge, and I understand that's a long time. Yeah. But I'm like, it's not an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're doing great. Yeah. We're doing great. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I got up to to Universal Studios for the audition. I was tired. I I I was uh, just kind of cranky from traffic, mm-hmm. and uh, Nell and Paula were both really great. I mean, they're, they're great women in the first place. Um, and, uh, and they made it really easy to just kind of be like, here's the line. And they laughed and I was like, Oh, well that worked out well. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I was able to do that episode, which is Bunt yeah. Friday. Um, and, uh, and then after Bunt Friday, they were like, we'd like to bring you back 
but we want to bring you back as a new character, so we're going to dye your hair. <laughs> Which is why, in Geek Like Me, Gordy has, like, brown hair and glasses, as opposed to my hair from yeah. the first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, they were like, eh, nobody remembers Bunt Friday, it's fine. So... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so then then uh, then you know it just kept going. So yeah, it was just kind of one of those things where you show up for show up for a day and then things worked out and and they let you keep coming back. Yeah, which is always which is always the best way to get work. Totally. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that that was was. Um, how long had you been acting and um, doing stuff before Sabrina? I started acting in general uh, at three. Oh. And, yeah. I mean, I say that just as a matter of technicality. Yeah, like, yeah. It was small plays. Like, my first role was the Baba Black Sheep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's not like yeah. I was doing Hamlet at three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I started working professionally mm-hmm. at age eight. Oh, so, wow. So uh, my first job was as the voice of Schroeder, the peanut the peanuts yeah, character I plays saw that piano. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how, what, what? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually started doing that in 1986, um, and then we did, uh, like, MetLife commercials and things like that mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Uh-huh. And then we did a series called This is America, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so from 86 to, like, 91, I was the voice of Schroeder. And did a lot of voiceover work in commercials. You know, mm-hmm. when you're a cute kid, it's just yeah. kind of, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You, you do commercials. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so started when I was eight and never really stopped uh, until about 2005 when... I stopped because I played 16 until I was 27. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, totally. you know, and then one day they look at you and they're like, oh, you're really not 16. <laughs> yeah. um, in fact, I can even remember the day, like, that it happened. It was, it was, uh, I was auditioning for another, you know, kind of geeky, makes faces and falls down kind of guy. Uh-huh. And uh, I got into the audition room and all of a sudden everybody else in the room was like, really 18 uh, <laughs> and you look at them and they're like there's like this flush in their cheeks mm-hmm. and it's almost like being mm-hmm. on being on a college campus and seeing all the youth yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and and uh, uh, everyone's very fresh yeah, yeah yeah and you start feeling you start feeling a little played out and um, and I knew the casting director and she was just like I don't know Sorry. you're just not a kid anymore and I'm like okay yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, um, so while I waited to kind of age up, um, uh, that's when I started producing. And, oh, and, and nice. from 2005 to 2015, I, I uh, produced uh, low-budget horror films, mm-hmm. music that's videos, awesome. commercials, and television shows. And so, yeah, I never really stopped acting. It's just yeah. that it ended up being that thing that I was allowed to do when my friends were like, we need you. And I'm like, yeah. great. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. like a commercial here, a show there, a movie here, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, and then in 2015, um, everybody decided that I finally looked uh, older. And so it was mm-hmm. time. It was time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I was able to get back on it and, and uh, kind of get back into the world again. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that a lot, like, a lot of uh, actors go through a similar thing. They're like, oh, I'm so excited to finally be the age where I can actually play someone my age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm not shy about talking about the fact that I'm 40. Yeah. Um, but, um, 
but like I'm still playing like late twenties, mid thirties. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's fine. That's fine. You do I'll be look, somebody's young dad. You look twenties. Yeah. I, well, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I appreciate that. Yeah. I moisturize. <laughs> so yes. Uh, normally I drink a lot of water. Today I'm drinking coffee, but normally I drink a lot yeah. of water. I mean, to that's keep it all the... clear. Yeah. Yeah, I. Um, so I'm 27, mm. and I still get told that I don't look. I would not believe 27. (laughs) Yes. And so, yeah, there's a a guy at my work whose kid is is trying to become, like, a TV actor, and he's, like, 15, Mm. so he's, like, trying to be in all the Netflix shows with teenagers. And he was like, you look like you could be 15. You should audition for these same shows. And I was like, 15, all right. Okay, Uh well, I don't know about that. Hey, don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. Um, uh, I worked with Jason Priestley on a television movie called uh, Kiss Tomorrow Goodbye. And remember, he played 16 until he was like 40. Oh my, so, oh my God. So, yeah, not really. Not really. That's a mild <laughs> exaggeration. But, but okay. he, was, he was well into his, well, his early, he was in his early 30s when he was still doing 90210. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so don't don't ever, <laughs> don't doubt it. Yeah, yes. you can definitely yeah. play young. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. like there's I I work uh, I'm an art PA on like some Netflix shows. Excellent. Um, and both of the shows I've worked on so far uh, are with actual teenagers. Right. And I feel like when we were growing up, that teenagers are actually all in their twenties, like mid mid twenties. Nano two one zero, like. Well, even nowadays, Riverdale. I mean, those kids. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if it's a, if it's on a major network show, then uh, they're probably over eighteen to play younger, just because the legalities of totally. it are so insane. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what Netflix is doing that's making it so easy for them to work. I like know. the only time I've ever worked with other real teens was the Saved by the Bell years. Oh yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So like, uh, and that was you know on set teachers da, 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 and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but. It, that takes time, you know. Yeah, you're just yeah. you're committing to a lot when mm-hmm. you hire an actual underage. That's uh, a performer. really good point. Yeah. That it does yeah. take a lot of, like, sup- more like labor laws, supervision. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially if you're shooting in California, like the labor laws for children, child performers, are intense. I mean, gratefully so. Yeah. Because definitely. Lord knows if they hadn't been, um, you know, they could. Uh, the R gang story is. The, yeah, there there are entire laws named after kids who were completely taken advantage of because of uh, because of non-existent laws. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, like the uh, for kids in California, when they're working, they need to have something called a Coogan account, which protects a certain amount of their earnings for when they turn eighteen, oh. so that nobody can spend all of their money. Great. Yeah. Now it's not a great savings account. Yeah. It, it doesn't protect that much. It only holds fifteen percent. Uh-huh. But um, it's a start, and what it does is it, it just makes sure that the things like what happened to Macaulay Culkin and oh, what happened God. to uh, uh, oh, different strokes. This is, we can edit, edit. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what you talking about, Willis? What, oh, Gary uh, Coleman. Yeah, 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 yeah. What happened oh, yeah. to Macaulay Culkin and Gary Coleman, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and bear in mind. The Coogan laws existed for them, too. Mm-hmm. It's just right. that, you know, loopholes exist, and 15% yeah. is not very much. Yeah, yeah. I heard that there was a similar thing that happened to Mary-Kate and Ashley, that, like, a lot of their their parents spent a lot of their money. That's entirely possible, because yeah. it's 15%, and 85% of it can be considered used for maintaining <clears throat> things like 
uh, things that you need, clothes, pictures, haircuts, transportation, housing, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So all these things are considered costs of doing business while that 15% right. is protected, right? Yeah, because I'm always like, yeah. you know, their family, like all of their siblings went to like private, really good private schools. Oh, sure. And I'm like... Did Mary Kane Ashley pay for that? Probably. Uh, yeah. it's, it's entirely possible. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, but but they're still the billion-dollar twins. Yeah, mm -hmm. no. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're doing okay. Yeah, they're well, doing okay. Yeah. This but is the like... remarkable thing about that. Like, it's hard to spend that much money. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I, I would be willing to make the effort, but it's hard <laughs> to spend that much, you know? And so um, I think now that they've got their own lives and they're in control of their own stuff. I mean, this is 100% just personal opinion and, com and commentary without any actual fact. Um, <laughs> the best you know, kind of commentary. That's how we do it. Right? Um, but, uh, uh, I mean, I think there's nothing they can't do that they don't want to do. And, yeah. and that's a pretty great place to be. Right. No, that's a for pretty sure. great place for to sure. be. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What else do we got? <laughs> yeah, more, more showbiz stories. Well, what what yeah. is your favorite episode of Sabrina that you were on? Uh, th this is this is a shockingly easy one. Um, Salem the Boy. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, got, I just yeah. watched that Me one. Too. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> I watched one. that yeah. one today. It was so fun. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it was uh, being able to work that closely with Nick Bakai, who was the voice yeah, of Salem. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you get to work with him directly for well, that episode? Um, it, for the most part. I mean, he was a writer on the show. Oh, okay. So yeah. I saw it. We... we saw each other very regularly. Uh -huh. um, I, I can't say that I would count him as a friend, but he's a person that when I see him in person, it's been years, but it's like, hey, hey. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like good to see each other. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was pretty cool. There was a, um, a stand-in on set who we were all friends with. His name was Sean. And he was like, you know what would be great? If Nick recorded all of the lines the way Salem would say them mm -hmm. and then just give you the recording. And then you could just copy it. And I was like, that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> and so we totally stole Sean's idea. Uh -huh. And yeah. Nick was kind enough to be able to do that. And so I just kind of studied that up and and, uh, and then did my best Nick Bakai impression, mm -hmm. like, on set. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah, that was wonderful. It was like, the, just the, your whole body language, every how you were... I could tell saying the lines that because they dubbed over eventually like, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yes that yeah. I was like man this is just spot on I wonder what the process was for that and you yeah. just answered well you know I really like working on television I prefer mm -hmm. television to film but right. you know I'm not gonna turn down a movie right. but um but um television is like what you do as a working class actor. Right. You know, you show up, it's it's a week or ten day process, mm -hmm. there's a table read, you get there in the morning, you go home at night, you always go into the same studio lot and things like that, you get used to the people that you're working with mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. the season. Um, I always, I always, my closest friends on any shoot were always crew guys and stuff like that mm -hmm. just because, totally. yeah. you know, I, I like crew guys. Um, got some scandalous stories that I can't tell about yeah, uh, yeah. sometimes in Las Vegas. But, um, <laughs> but right? <laughs> All I'm saying is Irish whiskey, a craps table, and $10,000. It was oh a good God. time. It was a good time. But, Sounds like showbiz. Right? Right? Maybe off air. <laughs> off the record. But, um, uh, yeah, so you just you get to see people every day, and it's like it's like it's going to work, but it's really fun yeah, work. Yeah. And so when um, I mean that was by season three, we were all 
you know, close enough to be able to joke around with each other mm-hmm. and, and have a pretty good time. And and I, I think it comes through by then. Like, yeah. it was just a really fun episode to shoot. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that working on Sabrina really, like, put you on the map for the 90s TV? Oh, I think so. Uh, 100%. What was the career booster of your time, you think? Yeah. Yeah. It was 100% Sabrina. I mean, that's still the thing that I'm probably best known for. It's it's still one of my favorite jobs without being biased. You know what I mean? Like, I've worked worked on some cool stuff, but um, that was just... A really good group of people, mm-hmm. and uh, I still talk to uh, Lindsay Sloan occasionally, and and uh, and Nate. And uh, by the way, if you haven't heard Nate Richards' new Americana album, it's oh. fantastic. Oh, okay. really good. He's got a video for the new single up online oh, on Facebook. Totally worth watching. It's a lot yeah, of fun. Cool. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, if you like if you like uh, jangly guitars. He's your man. Who doesn't? Right? Jangly yeah. is my favorite type of guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best attribute of guitar. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so that, that was a really good one. And because of that show, I, I did get passed around. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. it was a great time to be working. Yeah. Really. yeah. It seems yeah. like there was just so much good content happening in, like, the times that you've, like, the late 90s or mid to late 90s, early aughts. Like, just so much iconic Things that happened. I mean, and you were yeah. also on Pearl Harbor, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Another Typist. 30 seconds of fame right I, there. You know, that's pretty. I remember that. It was that, yeah. That, there was an entire scene between me and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. That's just it's gone. It's just gone. Oh, yeah. damn it. Well, I mean, you know, what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't know that you need that movie to be any longer. Uh-huh. But, um, <laughs> there's, there, <laughs> it's still, it's still nice to have my giant sweaty head <laughs> on a screen somewhere. Yeah. Just like, oh, they're coming, they're coming. <laughs> so, yeah, but that was a good time, too. Yeah. That was really nice. Yeah, that's another, but that was, um. Working on a Michael Bay shoot is significantly different oh my, than I, working on a uh, on a regular television series. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it like more stressful, or is it? Just I like think I think bigger? it should have been. It was stressful for everybody else around me. Uh-huh. It was yeah. really hard to be a guy coming in for just a couple days. Oh, I'm and, sure. and feeling yeah. too much stress. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I've told this story before. Um, I don't think it'll get me in too much trouble, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I remember walking onto the stage the first day, and a lot of people were getting fired. Oh. And that's a rough thing to walk by when yeah. you're first getting on the set. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, you know, there was there was some turnover on Pearl Harbor because there was a lot going on. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, and, um, and Michael Bay is a loud man uh-huh. uh, when he wants to be, and, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I definitely, definitely didn't want to get on that bad side. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, but, you know, it was also a, a shoot where I was literally there for three days. And not not a major role. I mean, yeah. nothing, nothing crazy, right? But I had what would be considered a star caliber trailer. Yeah. It was huge. It had a bed and a couch uh-huh. and a giant TV uh-huh. and, like, a PlayStation oh, yeah. and... And a coffee maker, and I was just like, "Did I get upgraded? What? What's going yeah, on?" It was like yeah. flying first class when you're expecting coach. Yeah. And um, and uh, you know, it was it was right next to all of the stars of the show. So, um, I saw Ben Affleck going in and out, and he wasn't even shooting that day. He uh-huh. just happened to be there. Yeah. And uh, Kate Beckinsale came in to 
show off her new kid to like the makeup lady. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's just like, well, well, here we go. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a major studio <laughs> film. Yeah. yeah. All totally. right. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, and this was the heady heydays of the early two thousands. Uh, yeah, yeah. When it was here's two hundred million dollars. Put something out. Yeah. 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 That's so, wild. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you study in college? I also wanted to ask. Did you study, like, film production, or was it... Kind of. Yeah. Um, at Chapman University at the time, they had a major called media performance. And what it was was a hybrid major of, like, theater and, and uh, filmmaking. And so I did acting classes mm-hmm. and theater classes, like normal, but I also did all the entry-level filmmaking classes. Mm -hmm. So I was making student films at night while memorizing monologues during the daytime for class. Uh Not too too rough. Yeah, that sounds like the the best... Too much work for me. I love... That sounds so fun. It was was actually pretty great. It was pretty great. And... um, But they don't don't offer that major anymore because the film school has become so big like right. you know they're regularly punching it out with usc now so um proud to say that i'm a, a chapman alum but mm-hmm. i did not have the same cool stuff they've got yeah <laughs> they've got an entire back lot now we literally had a shoebox size building that uh-huh. had a couple editing suites in it i mean <laughs> yeah. but isn't that the best you know small like Making big things out of small things, right? For real. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. The first class to come out of that, um, all of them are now working at major studios for major networks. Yeah. Like, uh, I, it's really neat to be able to go on Facebook and just be like, oh, yeah, uh, my friends are executives. This is uh-huh. great. Yeah. You know? Not a lot of people went into the talent side. A lot of them went into producing and, uh-huh. and, uh, and like, uh, uh Executive positions, but um, but yeah, it's it's pretty neat. It was a good class to come out of. Yeah, cool. yeah. That's awesome. How exactly yeah. do you? So I always wondered. Like I hear the word producer. We actually talked about this the other yes. day. Yes, we have some questions. <laughs> we okay, have some questions right. about right. producing. Exactly what it, does it entail? I'm always like, this person's a producer, and it's yeah. like, mm. what does that even mean? Well, I'm there so are a couple interested. different levels to it. Yeah. So um, the Let's start with a general sense, yes. right? Now, part of the reason why people don't know what a producer does is because the job gets very specific based on what kind of media you're working in. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there are things like executive producers on a movie, which could be anything from a major financier who didn't okay. have any direct creative input, okay. just okay. provided money. Uh-huh. Or an executive producer credit could be a gift credit, like... We got this movie made because so-and-so was able to connect us with so-and-so who connected us with so-and-so. So we'll give John Smith here an executive producer credit just because they helped be responsible for the making of the film, even though they may not have had a direct contribution to it or a direct financial stake in it, right? Yeah. So for film, you want to pay attention to the producer line. Those are the people who are actually doing, like, a major amount of the work. That's why yeah. they get the Best Picture Oscar because okay. they're the ones who are responsible for finding the financing, building the crew team that's going to put it together, um, and and eventually have the final say on like casting and things along with the director. Oh. So think of the producers on a film like a boss. And uh, executive producers may or may not be boss-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably offered money, probably provided financing to be able to do things. 
Um, and then things like co-producers. Again, these are gift yeah. credits or, or like okay. un, or like managers or supervisors, kind of uh-huh. kind of like that yeah. equivalent, who helped do things, but but weren't quite as powerful as the person in the producer line. So that's like for film. For television, it's a little bit different. The executive producer is the same thing as like a movie producer, but they're probably also a showrunner who is in charge of the storyline, writing, casting oh of a show, right? We have both on our show. I believe it. Yeah. And, and they can be separate, too. Uh-huh. So you have like an executive producer can just be somebody who is there to keep an eye on everything, and then uh-huh. the showrunner is actually in charge of like making those things happen. Yeah. Um, oftentimes in the 90s, it was the same person. Uh-huh. Actually, even further back. Like, it's becoming a different thing mm-hmm. just because um, a lot of them are being corporate funded now. Mm. And so, well, they were always corporate funded. Yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. like you're, you'll have, like, an executive producer who's direct from the network who's, like, in charge of making sure that the network is looked out for and yeah. their things are done. Uh-huh. And then the showrunner's in charge of all the creative. It's actually a nice split. Yeah. Because then you don't have your showrunner worrying about, oh, we're going over budget. Totally. You know, they, can just, yeah. they can just deal with, we're doing the creative, the executive producer will yell at me if we're in trouble, and then the production management team will fix it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got stuff like, uh, like smaller independent projects and YouTube and things like that. Yeah. And the producer ends up being the person who does all the other jobs that isn't director or talent. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And that's you ended up getting into producing after. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it is the most work that I have ever done. Yeah. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Because yeah. I was finding financing. We were doing, you know, and, and then, of course, I picked the time right before the financial meltdown to get into producing. Yeah. So we were doing all right for a while. But then in 2012, my financiers that I was usually working with finally felt the pinch. Uh-huh. And that's when everything kind of collapsed. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah. So that kind of ended a streak. And then it was kind of, we're doing things here, we're doing things there. And then and then I was like, screw it. If I'm going to be working this hard, I'd much rather be talented. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Much rather be acting. Yeah. Again. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Way more fun. It yeah. really, it yeah. really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. But no other job feels hard now. Oh. Like, there, I, uh, I do... Uh, consulting for, I do marketing consulting for financial professionals. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm currently the uh, creative story and mythology writer for a new toy company. Oh, that's really, I did see that on when I was researching you. I did see that. I'm like, that's an interesting <laughs> that job. It's, it was, that's, I want to hear about That's a whole different story. That. But um, so, but like these are, you know, these are things that these are jobs and, and we're dealing with things. And I'm like, yeah, yeah we're mm-hmm. dealing, it's all small. We're fine. Uh-huh. Everything's fine. Yeah. There's nothing that can't be fixed. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be great yeah. because it isn't finding $10 million. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I don't need to find $10 million, get a tax incentive, you know, like it's every other job I do now is just like, it's, it's nothing. Yeah. I, I'm grateful for that. Totally. But a decade of being up against a wall is kind of like, I'm glad it was worth it because good gravy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that must yeah. be nice. 
Yeah. Not being like pressured. It or... takes so much stress <laughs> off your life. Uh-huh. It really does. And it lets you worry about the things that are actually important. You yeah. Know? Yes. Like um my wife and I we have a we have an older dog. And so cute. Thank you very Such much. Such a cute baby. Yeah, he's, Love. he's he's a good boy. Um, and uh, he's got a congenitive heart defect. Aww. And so, a congenital congenital heart defect. And um, he's getting older, so it's starting to actually like affect him now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's slow. And, and he's got um, he had a really bad skin condition. It's it's one of the reasons why we wanted to move up to the Pacific Northwest because. Uh-huh. He, he does much better up here in this climate than he did back in the desert and hot mm-hmm, winds totally. in Southern California. Yeah. But uh, right now, he's getting over uh, a bit of an anti-immune issue that he was having that made all his fur fall out. Oh, no. So uh, he looks like a naked mole rat. <laughs> and he's recovering, uh-huh. um, thankfully. But, um, but uh, I can focus on, like, caring for him yeah. instead of worrying about, like... Is is the consulting practice gonna be okay tomorrow? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it is. I know it is. Yeah. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I've gotta make some extra phone calls on a Tuesday. Uh-huh. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like it so yeah, it's it's it it is very nice. I highly advise everyone, if they can, to get into producing just so you know what actual suffering is. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do a service job for at least a year. Okay. Work behind yeah. a bar, yes. be a waitress or something. Yes. And then attempt to produce for like two uh-huh. years with no contacts, uh-huh. like no money. Like that'll that'll take that decade and just condense it. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just try and do it raw and then and then that that two years will make you it, completely uh, immune to anything uh-huh. else. It'll just be fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Did, did you grow up in Los Angeles, in L.A.? Or? I avoided Los Angeles quite a bit. Okay. Um, the, the city, I've never been a huge fan of Los Angeles as a city. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like driving. Right. And um, and it, you, you have to drive to be in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, it's... it's it's a very interesting city. There's a lot going on in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah. And Los Angeles is enormous. Oh like, you God, really yeah. have to consider Los Angeles County almost as if it is the city. Right. Yeah, and right. so different areas are like alien worlds. So you could be in Burbank, and it's like a homey little suburb, and uh-huh. a lot of my friends live there, and it's really easy to be there. Um, but then you go to Hollywood, and it's like Desperation Central, oh, and yeah. it's crazy. And yeah. then you go to like North Hollywood, and it's like really awesome restaurants and, yeah. and stuff, you know. So, yeah. um, so you get in all these places, and and uh, it was it was always just a little bit more than I was ready to deal with. So I primarily lived in Orange County most of yeah. my life, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and uh, and spent most of my time in like. Uh, Huntington Beach, okay. in that area right around yeah, there. Uh-huh. And um, I, I used to joke with my friends that lived in L.A., I know it will take me an hour and a half to get there. Uh-huh. You don't know if it'll take you 20 minutes or two hours to get where you're going. <laughs> yeah. so, That's a good yeah. point yeah. Totally so, yeah. to and, consider. You know, it didn't hurt that I was living on the beach, you know. It was kind of like resort living. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, it was was pretty nice. Um, but... Uh, but my wife and I were living in uh, Anaheim for the last couple of years before okay. we moved, and we were walking distance to Disneyland. Um, <laughs> it was it was a really nice neighborhood. It was an easy neighborhood to live in, um, but it wasn't walkable, right? You know, uh-huh. and as one of the reasons why we wanted to be in a river city like this, like Portland or Chicago mm-hmm. or New York, mm-hmm. is because uh, that's that's just more how we like to live. 
Totally. You know, walk yeah. around, visit places, hang out, be in a city. Yeah. 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 yeah, that is a thing that I really love about Portland. Yeah. And why I'm, like, hesitant to move somewhere like L.A. is because it's just, like, this is so, like, zen-y feeling sometimes. Like, just being able to, like, walk. It takes me, like, an hour and a half to walk to school if I want to walk. But sometimes I do. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. you can, because there's yeah. interesting things to see when you're going. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, if I wanted to walk to the gym back in California, I walked past walls and other houses. You know, uh-huh. it's just, yeah. it's, it's dull. Yeah. And right. there's a major street right next to you, so you're always smelling exhaust, and uh-huh. you're always, like, mm-hmm. there's just traffic going by. Loud. And, yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I can't say I'm a country kid, because, I'm, I mean, I appreciate time away from everything, but... Mm-hmm. I'm a city kid. I, I yeah. like being in a block, and I like being around things and stuff. And, yeah. and, uh, and I just don't necessarily need the traffic right next to me when mm-hmm. I do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah. So always, always kind of avoided LA unless unless I was working there. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. What have you been working on lately? Yeah, what's, what's coming what's, up? Yeah, I'm I, so curious about this toy thing. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. That sounds fascinating. Well, that that is something really nice. And we're, yeah. Um, so if uh, if you're a uh, kid between 7 and 12, this is going to be great. Me. Uh, right? Right? <laughs> um, it's a new action figure line. I'm actually, I actually can't talk about any of it until okay. June. No, but, no, um, it's no pressure. But um, it is... Brand new, original IP, so it's not a license. You're not the one of the Pandemoni toy brands has a fundamental motto, which is no reboots, no rehashes, uh, no cliches. Cool. And um, so we're not going to like we're not bringing back Voltron. We're not bringing back Three Man. We're not Uh we're not bringing back Thundercats. We, it's all original stuff so mm-hmm. that kids can have their own thing to grow up with. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I was playing with He Man, I was playing with G.I. Joe, but all this stuff was new. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Yes. And so a lot of the action figure world has now gone back to what I was playing with mm-hmm. as an eight year old. Yeah. And is bringing it back, trying to convince me to buy it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to buy it again. <laughs> um, and, um, and I've got nephews and I've got nieces and they're. You know they're in that the right they're in the the Goldilocks age right now where they're between six and twelve, and um, and they don't have that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. is a licensed property. Mm-hmm. Every toy that they have is one that I had another version of. You know, yeah. it's all Star Wars with the exception of like Harry Potter, but they're playing with like Legos and you know it's like it's it's the same stuff and and. Uh, I know when I was a kid, I really liked having something that was new and different, and um, and it didn't have a prescribed way to play with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I got to make up what I wanted to do with it, yeah, and totally. that was cool for me. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Pandemonium is is bringing that opportunity for new kids. Now we'll mm-hmm. see if new kids are into it because yeah. they yeah. got they got the video games and the and the iPads and yeah. the yeah. things like that. But um, so far, our playtesting is going very. Cool. That's exciting. And, um, yeah, and and my particular job is to come up with the mythology and world building that goes along with the toy lines that we're producing, uh-huh. and um, it was kind of, <coughs> it was kind of a uh, uh, dream job that I never thought I'd be able to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a there's a guy in the world named Larry Hama, and he was a writer at Marvel Comics. 
And when G.I. Joe was reintroduced in the early 80s, um, the, uh, the toy company was like, hey, we're gonna, we can't advertise toys with a cartoon, but we can advertise a comic book with a cartoon. Uh-huh. And so as a way to get around the law, they went to Marvel and they said, hey, make this comic book about this toy we're bringing back uh-huh. and, oh. um, and we'll like put up commercials for it to encourage pur- uh, uh, purchase and it's also going to advertise our toys that we're releasing. Yeah. And Marvel was like, cool, all right. So um, they put a writer on it. His name was Larry Hama and he was, he was a, uh, a, Viet- a Vietnam vet. No worries. Uh, he was a Vietnam vet who actually knew military people, and so he kind of based a lot of these characters on people that he knew and on specialists that he knew and things like that. Yeah. And it, it kind of led to the G.I. Joe of the 80s that everybody kind of knows now. And that was... He's like a legend in the world-building community because he got to build it. Like, uh-huh. they were like, here's, here's the army guys, and uh, the army guys are great, right? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but, like, that's Hawk, and that's Snake Eyes, and that's Duke. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, I guess they got stories now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, and so I always wanted to do that, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's not a job you can, like, put yourself out for. Yeah. Uh, it's not like I go, hey, toy company, <laughs> I've got ideas. Um, and... Uh, and by the glory of Facebook, um, a friend of mine who is a toy sculptor was like, hey, my buddy is working with this new toy company that's just getting started. They need writers to build the world of this toy. And I was like, you, wait, for real? <laughs> this, this, this is just this just here right uh-huh. now? And I was like, I'm interested. Uh-huh. What's up? And... Uh, Tossed some writing samples their way and, and talked to the, uh, the founders a little bit. And uh, next thing you know, it all worked out. Hell and yeah. so, That's... so yeah. Yeah. So it's been pretty exciting. Neat. Yeah. The new toys get launched in, in uh, they, get re- they get announced in June of this year. And then they'll be on shelves in 2019. That's, so, That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. 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 It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Yeah. This is just the first in a series of things that are going to be coming out over the next few years. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty exciting. That's yeah. a really cool... Pretty exciting. They have a pretty cool career, I'm just going to say. Oh, yeah. uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm certainly a fan. You know, uh, I like the fact that it lets me live wherever I pretty much want to yeah, live. And, yes. and uh, now, you know, we can, we can do... We can do a lot of things, so that's yeah. it's pretty nice. And that company's really nice. in Portland. No. Oh, okay. No, I work remote. Um, uh, they're actually located in Los Angeles, okay. uh, Redondo Beach, actually. So, okay. yeah, right. yeah. Okay. But yeah, Pandemoni dot toys. Okay. Oh, so there we gonna, go. Yeah, yeah. plug yeah. that up. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of a uh, small soldiers. Yeah. Movie. Oh yeah. But those the the art garden not garden the like. Wimpy character toys—they were lame. Mm. But I'm sure you're making a better story. That's the plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's gonna be. Um, so far, it's done very well with all of the test groups, uh-huh. and so yeah, so yeah. it's working out. Yeah, it's working cool. out. Cool. Yeah. 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 And then I've got, uh, I'm in a movie coming out in later this year. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's 2018 already. I know. Um, no. And it's called Squirrel. And it's from uh, uh, directors Jordan Wayne Long, mm-hmm. 
and Matt Glass, okay. and they've won Emmy Awards for the stuff they've done on TV. Uh-huh. And this is their first feature film, and we shot it last year in October in mm-hmm. New Hampshire at mm-hmm. the famous Aldworth Manor. Okay. Um, well, I say it's famous. It's famous on the East Coast, yeah. uh-huh. and it will get known more. <laughs> no, yeah. um, it's, it's actually a really old house that was built in Massachusetts, uh-huh. but then in the early 1900s, I want to say 1910, they moved the whole house. And bear in mind, this is a giant, one of those giant mansion houses. Yeah. They just moved it from Boston, or not Boston, Manchester, Massachusetts, to New Hampshire. Uh-huh. And um, it sits on about 700 acres of property. Oh, my God. They brought the carriage house. They brought the uh, servants' quarters. They, like multiple structures yeah. and they just picked it all up and they went here you go new hampshire yeah um and uh so yeah now it's a now it's a wedding and events venue and you can stay there thanks to uh airbnb uh-huh. but um but we we shot the movie up there uh-huh. and oh, it's cool. a uh it's uh, it's like if wes anderson made a horror film oh. so it's 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 fun it's surprisingly funny uh-huh. and it's got it's very quirky okay. so yeah. yeah yeah i saw some of the image that. stills on the internet yeah. and i was like i want to yeah. see this it's yeah. actually the reason why i grew a beard yeah okay. um, and um and i just recently got our uh renee and i got our uh, pacific northwest representation because okay. we're still i'm still represented in, in los angeles and new right. york and all that stuff but um, but we hadn't gotten an agent up here yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, yeah. So anyway, so, yeah. and then it was like, well, I guess the beard stays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I guess in Portland. Right? right? Well, that was kind yeah. of a thing, right? Yeah. It's like, we're up here and it, it's, it, it took me, uh, a long time to be able to grow like a beard with any bulk to it. Uh-huh. I grow facial hair, kind of like a 14 year old totally. boy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and when, we first started talking about doing Squirrel, uh, Jordan, one of the directors, was like, hey, we think you need a beard. And I was like, actually, I take that back. He said, what do you think about a beard? And I said, I think beards are great if I could grow one. <laughs> and he was like, maybe just start now. And he gave me like three months to grow one. And uh, in, in one of the stills where I'm in a green suit and I'm talking to the other gentleman who's got black hair, the... Facial hair that I have on my face uh-huh. at that time, that was three months of growth oh, wow. without trimming or anything. Uh-huh. It took that long to get that much. Yeah. And so um, now it's actually starting to like do things like a man. Uh, but uh, but it took forever for things to happen. And I was like, eh? And uh-huh. they were like, yeah, it's going to work. And I was like, all right. Yeah. So, so yeah. And we just finished doing some... Uh, some reshoots on that. I was just, I just got back yeah. actually. Uh, I was gone last week. And, um, and they were able to show us uh, like an assembly cut of the film. Uh, it's normally when you do a movie, you're contracted to be like, and you're doing promotion for it uh-huh. and talk nicely about it yeah. and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you always talk nice. I've made some very bad movies. Uh-huh. Some very bad movies I've said some very nice things about. Uh-huh. And I'm very grateful that for this one, I don't have to lie. 
I can just be like, this is actually a lot of fun. Yeah. This is That's really a, good. That's cool. really so, cool. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's really nice. I, I, it will be when, when I, when it's out and it's available and it will be on some screens and, and it will eventually be available for streaming. Uh, I'm going to post it everywhere and it'll be available. Yeah. So yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a good one. It's cool. a good one. Good. Yeah. yeah. What's like your t- favorite type of like acting, I guess, or like genre to be involved in? Mm. Curious. Um, I like horror movies, but if we're talking about me in particular, I actually prefer to do live theater. Yeah. That's nice. where I got my start. I came up in, in theater, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you can tell from my gesticulating and just general demeanor. I'm kind of, I'm just kind of a bigger person. Mm-hmm. does very well on stage. Yeah. And, um, and my wife and I are both musical theater people. Oh, that's so So, exciting. heaven forbid, I get to do a box step, you know, <laughs> while, while we're doing something. So, um uh, I don't sing like I should anymore, and and years of smoking destroyed my throat. Uh, even though I've been quit for years, <laughs> kids, uh, the damage is permanent. So, um, uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, theater is definitely my favorite. Uh, before we left California, I was doing a variety show every weekend in in uh, well, in Southern California. Yeah, and uh, and we got to do. It was scripted. But the team was really tight. So, mm-hmm. sure, we did the script. And yeah. then we did a bunch of other stuff, too. That's so, so it was really yeah. nice. It fun. was really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just something about having an audience in front of you giving you immediate feedback. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way to go. And there's no better way to, to like, train, you know, mm-hmm. than, than getting... The being on stage, not being able to stop. There's no take two. You either get through it or you're done. Yeah. Um. There, there have been times when I have been called uh, the one take wonder, <laughs> just because, <laughs> you know, when you're used to when your brain is working like that, you know, you you can do a single take and you're like, it's got to be this. It's got to be right. It's got to be this, and I can't screw it up. Mm-hmm. So, um, so and that's that's kind of a nice place to be because then if they do want something else, then we got time to do it. Yeah. Right. And uh, and if you do screw it up, well, you can beat yourself up for it later. Um, thank God there's another take. Right. So, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I was a fellow theater person. Ah, very say. nice. Yeah. Very nice. Love, I can't do musicals, though. Mm. I'm like, I love musicals. And I always tell my mom how I was just like disappointed that she did it and she wasn't a show mom. <laughs> I'm like, I could be so good if you just like forced me to dance and sing. <laughs> She's like, you one time told me you didn't want to do it anymore, so I didn't make you do it anymore. And I was like, uh, we could have lots of money right now. <laughs> I was just going to say, Mama Rose, I mean, she had her faults. Yeah. But Gypsy did eventually become Gypsy. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. How is school going? How is what's going on? Like, how's it happening? It's good. You know, it's like midterms are happening soon. So I do. Um, I'm doing like the costume. I'm helping with costumes for the nice. 12th night that's happening here. They're doing Shakespeare this term. That's great. Yeah. And that's then I, great. And then I graduate in the spring and I'm going to Scotland for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah, actually, have you been? I, I've never, okay, so I've been there during Fringe, okay. but didn't realize I was there during Fringe, and I love Edinburgh just in general. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend taking as many of the haunted Edinburgh walking tours as okay. possible. Uh, bear in mind, I am, a, I am a skeptic. I have seen some crazy things in my life. 
I do not believe in ghosts. I think it's, I think there are things that are happening in our world that we don't understand. We have a name for it. We call it ghosts, whatever. Um, but I have had such creepy things happen <laughs> on those walking tours. Um, there is a walk that you can do of the vaults underneath the King's Road, like oh, in the old part so of the cool. city. And bear in mind, these these vaults, they, they're called vaults, but mm-hmm. it was it was the underground city. Like everybody went there. It was like bars and taverns uh-huh. and hotels and all these things, right? <clears throat> Parts of Edinburgh were actually built up like skyscrapers before skyscrapers were a thing. It was all wood and plaster and things like that. So when you go under there, you're in places where people were hundreds of years ago and they try you know they set you up and they're like here's spooky things Uh and blah 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 and i'm all for the stories they're great it's so much fun it's really awesome but when we were down in the vaults we got hit with little stones when we walked through a section of it and they told us there are ghosts of kids that will pick on you while you're here so mind if you feel a tongue on your clothes or anything like that just um that's what it is just don't don't worry it's just this happens a lot and um i was a quiet skeptic in that group i was just like you gotta be kidding me (laughs) kids are growing that's fine but um but there were some louder skeptics that were in the in the audience and or the walking tour um and uh and as soon as they started like being just generally rude all of a sudden, these rocks start hitting us from behind. And we were like, who's throwing rocks at us? And then you turn around, and we actually watched rocks fly off the ground Stop. at I us. can't. It is, I do not believe in ghosts, but I cannot deny that I watched pebbles fly off the wow. ground and, and come our direction. It was That's intense. That it was real. intense. Yeah. I wish that, because this was back in like 2001, mm-hmm. I wish cell phones had been what they are now. Uh-huh. Because that would have been like, yeah, yeah. recording. No. And then it would immediately this. stop. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. it would be like, no, sorry. No pictures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But there was, yeah, I mean, it's just, just so great. So oh, great. Yeah. So worth it while you're there. Yeah. Um, and if you're at Edinburgh Fringe, I think... Um, a friend of ours is going to be there with her show, Eleanor, Ooh. a story of an American girl in Hitler's Germany. It's an amazing one-woman show. Ooh. If you get a chance, she did it at this last Edinburgh Fringe and sold out before uh, before it even opened. Oh, so it's a, it's a great show. I've yeah. seen it in California a couple times. That is times, good to know. And it's a one-woman show. It's based on her grandmother's book about her experiences in Germany during the war. And it was an American family who was who came over before the war broke out mm-hmm. for work, and then the war broke out. Oh god! And they were stuck. Oh my god! And so yeah, so yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah, it's wild. So yeah, it's good stuff. And there's so many good shows. Oh yeah, I mean, so many good shows. Yeah. See the bad ones even because oh, they're yeah. so good. Yeah, my so good. um my friend is actually writing two scripts. Oh. Nice. Where we did one of the script readings for like the first draft a couple weeks ago, and in like two hours, we're meeting in another room here to read his second script. Nice. That he's bringing, and it'll be a lot of. I'm excited to. This one's a comedy. The last one we did was very dark, very dark drama. Mm. 
And then this next one that he's writing is supposed to be more Farsi. So I'm excited to see how different it is. That'll do. And comedies always do better at Fringes anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. I'm yeah. like... Because the first, the first one he did, I was like, it's, it's pretty dark. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> When I'm in a fringe, I don't know if I want to see something yeah. so. Yeah. But although your friends, one well, woman show, it so. is, oh, it's just such good theater. Yeah. It's such good theater. Her well, name is Ingrid, and um, and it's 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 amazing. She's really great. I mean, she's a very talented actress anyway. Right. And um, and she's young. I keep forgetting how young she is. She's like she's she's younger than you are. Oh I think my she's god. She's just twenty six right now. Mm-hmm. Um and. Uh, and I watch her, and I'm like, "Good grief! It's stupid how good you are." I see. Uh, it's a really great show. I can't advise it enough. And then, as like a palate cleanser, go to the London or the uh, Edinburgh Dungeon afterward. Okay. Which yeah. is right next to the train station, and it is kitschy and terrible, Ugh. but it's so worth it. <laughs> it's so worth it. It's like a bad wax museum. Oh, those are the just, best. Oh, it's so fantastic. Wow. I don't know if you've been to um, the coast. Yes. Yet much. Have you gone to the Ripley's Believe It or Not yes. Museum? I've, yes. been, I've got friends I... that live in Newport. Okay. And so went to the Wax Museum and Ripley's. Okay, yeah. I, I had the experience. I really wanted to go to both, and my boyfriend and I went together, and he was like, um, I don't think I want to spend that much money to go look at it's this. It's like $8 for I know. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> he was being so stingy. Oh, like, boyfriend. I know. I was like, Good gravy. <laughs> it's less than $20 for both things. I know. You could like get a pass that was like 30 bucks to see yeah. like everything. And he was like, no. For what it's worth, totally worth it. Yeah. Next time you go, I mean, the living seas is a little sad. Yeah. Lots of starfish. We, uh-huh. uh, my wife Renee got a picture of what looks like a drunk starfish. It's amazing. <laughs> just the starfish is like, <laughs> just, um, it just looked like what would happen if you, if a starfish got hammered. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, yeah, just, Those yeah. Are the, that's, yeah, just that sounds amazing. cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it really did. And then there was another one that looked like it was dancing, like doing like plies and things like that. It was just lots of starfish and and other weird fish, um, but the combination of them all is just it. Yeah, you don't know what you've got in the city until you've seen until you've seen little things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I love that kitschy stuff. If, oh yeah, so if fun. you want kitsch, Long Beach, Washington. If you go to Astoria, yeah, and then take the mile three mile long bridge uh-huh. across, go to Long Beach. Um, Marsh's Free Museum. It's in the middle of town. You can't miss it. There's a huge crowd around it. Um, they have Jake the Alligator Man. They have a two-headed cow. They have, like, a cyclone. Like, writing this down. <laughs> oh, you're darn right I'm writing this down. This is fantastic. Cyclops baby goat. Like, every kind of weird taxidermy thing. A meteorite from Mars. Like, Oh, that's fantastic. It's amazing. They have a... Uh, the like peak peaky like kind of porn sort of like quarter machines. Oh, I got gotcha, you. Like I gotcha. put a nickel in it, and it shows you like a, a nudie dancing lady. <laughs> and you said it's like Marsh's Free Museum. Yeah. Yes, Long Beach, Washington. Oh, I didn't it's, even know about that. Oh yeah, yes. That's what if you go to Astoria, you gotta go across the across the. I've gone river. across that bridge. Yeah. I just didn't even know there was anything yes. that cool in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I love Astoria so much. Yeah, yeah. Astoria is pretty great. I know it gets yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of attention because of Goonies, but the, the just the city itself, yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. just by, on its own, mm-hmm. is so great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's blowing up too. 
It's, right. it's going to be a very expensive place to live very, very soon. Oh, I don't doubt that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, even the Goonies had to deal with that kind of talent. Totally. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to the Goonies house? Did you no. take a picture in front of the no. Goonies house? No, only, only because, I, you know, those poor people. I know. I didn't yeah. go up to it, but we did take a picture from below, down on the hill looking yeah. up. And, so. and uh, I mean, it's it's missing, like, the, the machine in the front. You know, yeah. it's, it's not really the house. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the house, but it's not really. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. yeah. I mean, we, I was more impressed with like the rock and everything out in the oh, ocean. Oh yeah, the like, shipwreck. Just being able to see that. That yeah. is way cooler. I it think. really is. Yeah, it really is. There's a shipwreck. Yeah. Yeah, a big steel boat. That's I haven't just seen it out there. Oh, <laughs> so, so great. Cool. It's yeah. huge. And there's a yurt campsite that's right there, mm-hmm. so you can yeah. like stay in a yurt. What? Yeah. I've been missing out. I've been I've been to Astoria so many times, and I missed all these cool things. Yeah, but the shipwreck is, yeah, is the really local. awesome. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she grew up in Beaverton. She yeah. knows. Oh, all excellent! Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Are you also a transplant? I am from Arizona. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. We're leaving desert states. Together. Yeah, yeah. I love. No, I'm actually from Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, okay. uh, and the Midwest. I, I grew up a little bit in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You know, the other Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, before uh, before we moved out to California. And so um, I think my body was ready for more, like, humidity mm-hmm. than California offers. Yeah. Um, today we're at, like, 88 here in Portland, and in California it's negative 6 or something like what? that. I, it's not really that dry. <laughs> okay. But, um, but it, is, it is ridiculously low. Yeah. And yeah, so, it's really, um, that's how Arizona is just, like... Yeah. Yeah, where you walk outside and, like... <laughs> yeah, it's just, and it feels just like an, an, an oven. Yeah. That's where I'm, like... I can't yeah. deal. I don't want to do it deal. again. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. I went to a film festival in New Mexico uh, years ago, like 2006, 2000. I don't remember. But um, uh, we were there for three days. And it wasn't hot, but it was really dry. And after just a couple days, I looked kind of like an old cowboy. <laughs> just because all the water just got yeah. sucked out of my skin. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. 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 Man, that'll do it. I can't mm-hmm. handle that. Yeah. yeah. That lack of moisture doesn't yeah. keep you young. No, no, right, it does right? not. No, <laughs> Call back not. to the. <laughs> I do improv, so. <laughs> I know the terms. Nice, good work. Good Thanks. work, yes. Yeah. Well, should we call it? Yeah. How are we doing? Have we got content? We've got a lot of content. Yeah. We're an hour and 12 minutes worth of content. That'll do. Hey. All right. Okay. All right. Very yeah. good. Super Very fun. Good. Is there yes. anything else you want to plug with us? Any projects? Something new? Well, we got, we got. Uh, I mean, Squirrel was, yeah. the, that was the only thing that I really wanted to make sure we got. Um, everything else, I mean, there are other things, but they're pending. It's not yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can always visit me at my website, which is curtisanderson.com. Now, it's very important that you spell Anderson right. It's A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N, E-N. not S-O-N. Don't um, confuse it. Exactly, right? Um, <laughs> is Curtis Anderson with an O like a porn star? or No, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Uh, I have been credited on a couple of things by by companies that just didn't pay attention to how my oh, name was spelled. Uh-huh. So, there, like, if you look me up on IMDb, it'll be like, Curtis Anderson, a.k.a. Curtis Anderson. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, and there was a kid, a child actor, way back in, like, the, the 40s, uh-huh. who was also Curtis Anderson, S-E-N, who did, like, Our Gang serials and things like that. Oh. Um, 
but he's vanished. Like, when I first got on IMDb, um, some of my credits went to him and vice versa. Because, oh. I, you know, IMDb has come a long way since it was bought by Air, Amazon, like, years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it first started, there weren't the same cross-references to be yeah. able to do all yeah, that stuff, right? Totally. It was just a couple of dudes who were like, that was in a movie once. Uh-huh. Um, and... Uh, uh, so there was this other Curtis Anderson that was a child actor that aged out and just never did anything again. And for a long time, he would always come up uh, on the search. And now, it's like he never existed. Oh. Yeah. Poor. Yeah. It's but, like Coco. Uh, I think he's been dead for like yeah. 50 years anyway. So, no you one's know. remembering him and then yeah. he's just going to vanish and not yeah. cross over into the afterlife. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. fine. Yeah. He's fine as a ghost. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's in Edinburgh now. Exactly. <laughs> throwing rocks. Throwing rocks. <laughs> yeah. Throwing stones. Throwing stones. He's like, he's throwing stones at you because you took his name on IMDb. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just haunting you everywhere you go. So true. All of a sudden, it all makes sense. <laughs> it all comes back it's around. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me. Oh, this has no, been yes. a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, we are very, very excited to get in contact with you. I know. Oh, it was, it was my pleasure. This was a good time. This hey. was a good time. And thank you for not murdering me. Oh, you know. We're not welcome. done yet. Right. <laughs> Listen. We still have this room for another an hour and 15 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're not going to murder you. We're not going to murder Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>